welcome to Murder Most Gruesome. My name is Andrea. And I'm Yvonne. And welcome to another podcast and I'm going to hand straight over to Yvonne. Okay, thank you. Hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in again uh, to a new episode of Murder Most Gruesome. And today we will be looking at a case that's interested me as it's, it has some really unusual aspects about it. And I'll get to those in a minute. And although it happened back in 2017, there has been very little progress in this case up until quite recently. An arrest has been made in this case after six years. And just a trigger warning for our listeners, this case does involve the murder of children and so could be unsuitable for some audiences. The case we're covering today is the murders of Abby or Abigail, Abigail or Abby Williams, who was 13-year-old, and Liberty Libby German, who was 14-year-old, when they were both murdered in February 2017. It had been an unusual warm day in the small town of Delphi, and I hope I'm saying that right, Delphi, Delphi, Indiana, where Abby and Libby lived. They had a day off school as it was what is called, or what they call um, in Indiana, a built-in snow day. So what what are built-in snow days? So from what I can gather from my reading, they can have poor weather or bad weather in Indiana. And part of their, when they arrange their holidays and how many days they get off for school holidays a year, there's five days set aside for snow days. So days when kids can't get into school. We don't have that in England. No, we get... If if it's bad enough to snow, we get just a snow day, don't we? It's yeah. just an impromptu, oh, look at the weather, can't get to work. It's Extra day. day. And teachers and kids, like, love it. So, in Indiana, the most, because of the weather, they have these snow days. Now, if the, the weather's bad, they use one of them. And if they don't use all five in a year... What happens is they give that snow day back so the kids will have that day when it's sunny or in the summer because it is part of their designated holiday time. So the 13th of February 2017 was a built-in snow day. They had the day off school. The girls had spent the night before having a sleepover together at one of their houses. As you do when you're teenager and i think one the girl one of the girl's sister libby's sister kelsey had said that stayed up all night chatting and laughing she'd heard them well into um the early hours having a good time and i think they're just from what i read about them they're just happy well-behaved girls who enjoyed sports and crafts Things like that. just Normal teenagers. Normal teenagers. And when they got up the next day, on the Monday, it was a really nice day. Libby actually asked her sister if she wanted to go for a hike with her and Abby at the nearby Delphi Historic Trail, which is a, a woods and a walk through woods. Unfortunately, her sister had plans with a boyfriend, made plans with a boyfriend that day. But after a while, she felt a bit sorry for the girls who were moping around the house and agreed to drop them off at the woods so they could go for the walk. Yeah. As long as they got picked back up by... As long as they arranged to be picked back up by someone. So, at about 1.30, Kelsey drops the girls off and they'd arranged for the granddad to pick them up at half three. And part of this walk took the girls over a bridge called the Monon High Bridge. And I've looked online and there's videos online on it. I think someone's posted one before the girls were murdered, had posted uh, this 
bridge onto YouTube. And it's a really high bridge. There's no guardrails. I think it's part of a railway line. It, and it goes over a creek. And it's made of wood. And I'm not sure whether you'd call them wooden planks or... I want to say trestles, but I'm not sure whether that's the right word. It's, I, I always thought it were like sleepers. Like sleepers on a railway line, but I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I always thought they were to the side for whatever reason, but maybe oh, not. Oh, maybe. So they get dropped off. The far, the granddad arranges to pick them up at half three. As he's coming to pick them up at half three, he rings Libby. He can't get through to her. Can't, you know, she's not answering the phone. And when he arrives there, he tries to ring her a few more times. She's not answering that phone. He stays there for about an hour and starts getting, as you would, starts getting worried. Then after about an hour of waiting, he decides to call the police and they turn up along with townspeople, the girl's family, and they proceed to start searching the woods. Now, at this point, they aren't thinking foul play. They're not thinking something's happened to the girls, someone's abducted them. They're thinking more along the lines of one of them's fall in the woods and hurt herself and the other girls not wanting to leave them alone to go and get help. Now, the search in these woods, and I'm not quite sure how big they are. Mm. I'm not sure whether... I don't get the impression they're that big. We're not talking about miles and miles of woodland. No. um, Square miles of... Yeah. They keep searching, they keep searching up to midnight and they decide to call off the search because it's pitch black and I think it was getting dark by, I mean, it's February, remember? Yeah, yeah, it's getting dark in the UK in yeah. February. And I think okay. it would be getting dark around six o'clock from when I've read on my, on my sources, it's dark, it gets dark about six o'clock there at that time of year. Yeah, yeah. And they call this search off and decide to start again in the daylight because, I mean, I could imagine it's really dark in those woods. If you've ever gone camping and you're away from the city and there's no street lights, it is dark. So, first light the next day, people turn up again. And this time, it's more organised. They've got grids, you know, they've organised people into teams. Each team's given a certain area to search. So, it's really, they've really kind of organised oh, this. Themselves. Yeah. organise themselves it's much more effective yeah so people separate separate off into their search teams i know her older sister i think she was in her late teens kelsey she's part of one of the search groups and about midday there's a shout from one of the search groups and they've actually found the girls and they say you know it's not good and unfortunately i think her sister was could actually hear that so knew almost straight away that it it wasn't good news and not found them you know in a a good you just be hoping you just be hoping as you're like searching the woods for him that you just you'd shout the name and they'd shout back and that's that's all you'd be wanting to hear not we've found the girls and it's not good that must have been horrifying well, we've all watched Criminal Minds when we watch these like searches. It, they they like shout the name and then they're quiet and they listen for the response. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really bad news. It's the worst news it could be. The yeah. found the searches have found two bodies, and and the the two bodies of the girls. And at the post mortem, it's confirmed that the girls have been murdered. They've not fallen from the bridge, but they've been murdered. 
Right. And interestingly, the place where they were found had been searched the night before. But because it was dark, I assume the searchers missed them, whether they were looking, they weren't looking on the floor, they were looking above. I'm not sure, but nothing more is made of this in any of the right. sources. So- so it's not like they're suspecting they weren't there the night before. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're there the next day. Yeah. So nothing more is made of this. So you know you don't automatically think, well, were they put, were they put down? You know, were the, were the, were the bodies placed there after the search teams had gone for the night? But I don't think police ever suspect that. Right. Where the girls were found was actually a private residence. It was a farm. They were found about one thousand four hundred feet from the house of a man called Ron Logan. This is who the police start looking into first, as you as you can imagine. Yeah. They're found on his property. Now, he had been in trouble with the police for offences that include violence against women. And at first, when they first interview him, he has a solid ab- alibi. He's gone out with a friend about midday, before they went missing, and he was out until about five o'clock that night. And I think he claimed he'd gone to an aquarium shop with his friend. Right. Now, after about two days, his friend actually goes to the police and admits that they've made they've made this alibi up. That he that Ron Logan asked him to lie to the police and say that he was with him. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't with this um, with his friend. You know, his friend can't alibi him anymore. Right. Now, cell phone data also placed Logan in the area where the girls were found. However. Because that's his house. Yeah, I mean, how effect? You know, how surprising is that? My yeah. my phone's found, you know, within the area of my house because that's where I'm staying and sleeping. So you would expect that. So I don't think that's um, a big, a big evidence piece of evidence. Yeah, really. like, yeah, it's not kind of like absolutely pointing towards him as the person that's done it, just because his phone was at his house. Yeah, because, you know, it's his house. Now, police find Libby's phone, and this is where the case gets unusual. Because when they search the phone and they take it back and plug it in and do all the, you know, all the tech things, they find the photos of the girls have been taking photos themselves on on the bridge, and they find a video that was taken while they're walking along along this bridge, the Monon High Bridge, they, there's actually a man walking behind them in this video and you, it's, you know, it's not a long video but you can hear, uh, you see this man walking behind them, one of the girls and I don't think they ever know which girl it is, says the word gun and then the man says guys down the hill. And the video ends with footage of the girls walking down the hill with the sound of what's like leaves crunching and there's leaves on the ground. Right. There's, I remember when I was researching this, we, there was a news reporter that had gone to the place where they think that that's where he ordered them down and he starts walking down the hill and the sound's the same. They play that sound of him walking down the hill and they play the clip of the video. Right. Now, this video is never released to the public. The public aren't shown it. They are shown a still from the video of the man that they're looking for. And they play an audio file of him saying, down the hill, with the hopes that somebody will recognise him, either by his face, by his body. It's 
or even his voice. Right. It's not a fantastic. <clears throat> it's not a fantastic photo of his face. No. I think if it was somebody I knew, I would like to think I'd recognise them. But enough to be sure. The police, when they play, when they show this photo, when they play this audio, one of the things they actually make a real big point about is that they say, even if you think the wanted, even if you think it doesn't look like someone, we're wanting you to more concentrate on the body shape, the clothes. They make a big thing about don't, don't not give us the ring up and tell us if you don't think it looks like him in the face but it looks like him in the body we will eliminate people there is dna now they never ever go into what dna this this is and i don't think they they ever have but they say people be eliminated and at first they refer to him as a witness he doesn't come forward this man and they say, they start saying, within a few weeks, they start using the word suspect. Right. I don't think they actually ever really thought he was a witness, but... No. To not scare people off. And, I mean, he might have been innocent. At that point, it might have been innocent. So, I think they gave the... They didn't want to name him as a suspect straight away. Now, they don't release this video. Like I say, they release a still and an audio clip. And they also do not confirm how the girls have died or any other details about the scene. Whether they've been assaulted or found clothed or unclothed. There's, there never is anything like that released. At the press conference, also, the police actually show two... Is it composite sketches? Yeah, yeah. composite sketches or drawings, yeah. Made from two sets of witnesses that was in the woods that day. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll go over these people later because there was a group of girls and then there was a woman, an adult woman, that were walking in the woods that day that saw a man. Despite all this, there are no arrests. And over the next six years... Even though several local men have fallen under suspicion, including a man called Klein, who was a local man who was arrested and charged with grooming children and child pornography. He was doing these on Facebook where he poses as, he gets a photo, catfishing. Yeah, yeah. He gets a photo, he got a photo of a male model and was chatting to girls. Pretending to be him. Pretending to be him. And you can guess what he had after a while chatting, he asked them to send pictures yeah so he was a local man to delphi indiana and they did investigate whether he'd been talking to either of the girls but they find no link whatsoever between him and the girls and i think they ask the family and the family says no there really wasn't weren't children that went on the yeah. internet um we don't really you know think that they didn't think it was possible yeah they probable. well yeah although most parents don't think that until it happens i suppose now Towards the end of 2022, a local man was arrested and charged with the two murders and he has pleaded not guilty to these. Now, during the time the girls were in the woods, they were a group of female teenagers and a woman out walking. When interviewed later, the girls said they encountered a man walking near the bridge who was, quote, kind of creepy and had, and this is a direct quote, I love how teenagers speak, like blue jeans, a light, really light jacket, and his hair was grey, maybe a little brown, and did not and he did not show his face. One of the girls said hi, and the man apparently just glared back at her. These girls were taking pictures in the woods, 
and I think there was a particular photo that they took of a bench or one of the friends on a bench and it was after this photo was taken she saw the man so she could give an accurate time because the, the timestamp on the photo was one twenty six pm Right. So the girls coming into the woods got dropped off at the woods at half one. So he's really in the exact vicinity and he walked off towards the bridge. And what time was the girls take, who had the photo taken by the bench? What time? One twenty six. All right, so that was just before the two girls entered the woods. Yeah, and I think he was heading towards that way right, as well. Okay. So, so he, they would be coming into the woods. Yeah. Right. Now, I think this is where the police... One of the theories of the police is that they he's walked past the girls. They've been coming one way. Which girls? The, Libby and... Right. Sorry, Libby and Abby. They've been coming one way, and he's gone past them, then turned round and started following them, which is at the point where they start getting scared, they've pulled out their phone, or they've even had it in their hands already. Yeah. So that's a theory that's thought by police, given his direction when the girls saw him and what time he, um, you know, what time it was that he would have intercepted with the girls, yeah. you know, on the bridge. Another witness, um, a lady out for a walk, told investigators that while walking to the Monon High Bridge, she saw a man that matched the description from the girl's phone, and he was standing on the first platform of the bridge, around fifty foot away from her. And she carries on walking, goes past him, and she turned round once and saw two girls, who she now believes to be Abby and Libby, heading in the direction of the bridge. So, you know, they would cross past with him. Now, during her walk, she saw, interestingly, she saw no other adults. Right. I'm not sure whether she saw the teenage girls, but she saw no other adults on that trail that day. Not as if there were multiple men in the area. It could have been one of 20 yeah. men she saw. Now, her car is seen leaving the trails at 2.24 that afternoon. And it's picked up by a local, um, like a local pub's CCTV camera. Quite a few cars. This camera becomes quite important because it does show the arrival of the cars driving past of a, a couple of people and they can use that to kind of make a timeline yeah. with. Investigators also spoke to another woman who was driving down the road and she saw a man walking down the side of the road who was, in to quote her, bloody and muddy, as if he'd gotten into a fight. Now, investigators think... Uh, you know their thoughts at the time and I think still think that that he it was the it was the killer and he'd murdered the girls cut through the woods come out by the road and then walk back to his car in the car park via the road that wouldn't have been shown on the camera no right I don't think so because obviously it was one down it must have been coming from Mm, the other direction now Richard Allen is the 50 year old man who is now facing murder charges these crimes and he's been charged with both the murders and in a court hearing on the 15th of june 2023 both yeah been there's been nothing happened in this case or very little happened in this case that the public are aware of anyway and it all seems to have happened in the last and we actually get some more information because of the legal documents and the affidavits um, belonging to the case both the defense and prosecution have revealed that he's made incriminating admissions about the murders in the seven months since he was arrested because i think he was arrested back in october 2022 Car- carroll county prosecutor nick mcclellan quote was quoted as saying he confessed five or six times to killing the girls making multiple confessions to multiple 
people. So not the police? I think... No, I don't think to the police. I think he'd been... He's been people, yeah. Maybe he's been in his cellmates or prison, and I suppose they've come forward and spoken about these confessions. Now his prosecution have tried to play them down, saying he suffers from poor mental health and they're not worth getting excited over. But, but that's their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got to put forward a reason why yeah. to negate it. So from what I can gather... Uh, Mr. Allen's attorneys are trying to have some evidence thrown out. So in, in all the... Because there's a lot of legal wrangling with things like this. And they're tr- actually trying to have some legal evidence thrown out. Um, and I think it, it's the... the there's a, a bullet found at the scene and they're trying to have that thrown out or you know, not shown to the court. Now, there has been a criminal affidavit made. Now, I didn't know what an affidavit was. So I decided to have a look it up and from a legal legal web page on the internet. An affidavit is a sworn statement used in criminal investigations, warrant applications, bail hearings and other pre-trial criminal proceedings. It is the written version of swearing under oath to tell the truth, just like if you were testifying in a courtroom. They are used to support or oppose a motion, to obtain a warrant or to provide evidence in a trial. Now, this is actually available on the internet. You can, you know, click on it. There's there's links to it in articles and news articles. Now, some parts have been redacted. And these are namely the names of witnesses and also the girl's cause of death because that's still something that the public aren't aware of. So redacted, that means for people, I'm sure most people know, but it means that the the names or certain things have been like... Taken out or blacked out. or covered up. Yeah. Now the affidavit revealed that a local man was finally tied to the murders by an unspent bullet found between the girls' bodies at the crime scene. Now police have not released the cause of death or... Any other details relating to them. This has led to a lot of speculation over the years about whether they were abused, whether they were assaulted, whether they were found nude. Now, ballistics have confirmed, they've done these tests, they've confirmed that the bullet has come from Richard Allen's gun. Interestingly, police have not ruled out the possibility that other individuals also have been involved in the murders. And this has been a thought that's gone throughout this case that did ha, can one per, could one person control two teenage girls? It'd be, be a hard thing to do. In November, prosecute, prosecutors asked the judge to keep affidavits in the case sealed as they believed Mr Allen may not have acted alone. So that's the prosecution. Right. But also, to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. no one else seen, was there? They've got witnesses of no. one man, but not two men. No, but you never know. No, you never Well, one of the I don't know. This is just this is just theory. Yeah, yeah. Did one was one man clever and I don't like to use that word, but clever enough to enter and leave through the woods. Yeah. And he just didn't get seen. Yeah, yeah. Or on a different path. Or did he go through a different way to get in and out through the farm? Not saying that it was the farm, you know, the person owned the farm, but did they use that that property to access? Yeah. That, you know, the road to and from that. I, I'm not sure. And, and one of the hard things about when you're doing a case like this and there's different parts of a geography is it's hard to get that place in your head. It's hard to understand where everything is in, yeah. in terms of positioning. 
And that's why they take, they sometimes in court cases, they take the jury actually out to the place where the crime was committed so they can get an understanding or a lay of the land, so yeah. to speak. Exactly. Up until recently, Richard Allen's name hasn't been linked to the murders and he's got no significant criminal record and he is a local man. And this was also suspected by police and by people in the local area that it was a local, it was going to be someone local. As the tra- uh, trails were used predominantly by local people, there weren't a tourist attraction. No. So, you know, the, the thinking behind it was that it was either a local person or, some, or somebody with significant local knowledge. Yeah. Now, to put it into context, the town of Delphi has 3,000 people in it. So that's not many, is it? It's not many. It's not a massive area. He had been interviewed by the police twice after the murders as a witness because he he didn't deny being there. The police knew he was there. Um, He said he did see the group of teenage girls that said hi to him, but didn't see the female walker that that thought she saw um, Abby and Libby. He also claimed to have parked his car, and they asked him where he parked his car, that he parked it by this, I think he called it the social building, but he used a different name, but there's only one there, and that was the old CPS, Child Protective Services building. Right. No longer in use, or no longer in use as as, as a building for that purpose. This ties in with the car that the female walker saw in a car park, and she said it was part funny that it was it had been backed in, so you might you wouldn't be able to see the number plate as much. Now our American listeners might make more of that in England. Number plates really different colours, but really as readable from the front as it is from the back. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure kind of how important that is. It's it's not something I know a lot about. He worked as a pharmacy technician in the right. town i think he even served the families of his victims after oh, certainly before and, and after so they've come into contact with him which must be horrendous to think of afterwards. yeah uh, i read somewhere and i couldn't find it again to quote it but i read somewhere that like i think one of the families said that they took some photos in to be developed because you know you could get photos developed in pharmacies um, and that he'd not charge him for the photos, something like that. So it's almost like he's having a bit of a sick laugh to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I know something you don't know. I've been kind to you, but I've created what, all this. This is what I've done. I've done this. Yeah. Um, so it was a small town. He lived and worked there, and he just would have come into contact with these families. Another creepy fact is he post- posed for a photo with his wife in a bar. And on the wall in the background is the composite sketch from the murder investigation. So they must have had a renewed appeal. Mm. And he's posed smiling and happy with his wife. And you can see it. It's online, it's his photo. And there's the, in the background, on the on the bar, uh, the wall of the bar, there's the composite sketch. And think he did it on purpose? Think yeah, I like do. a sick joke. Uh, and he then put this up on his Facebook page. Oh, right. So, in the warrant application to search his home, the FBI agent who filed it said the girls had lost a significant amount of blood. So, this is the first time we're hearing anything about how, you know, the deaths and what how they died and what happened to them. So, a significant amount of blood during their deaths and the killer is believed to have moved the bodies, posing them, and have, has taken away souvenirs from the scene. Although it doesn't allude to what these souvenirs could be. It also makes the point that the killer would have been covered in the girl's blood. 
to quote part of the um, application, because of the nature of the victim's wounds, it is nearly certain the perpetrator of the crime would have gotten blood on his person stroke clothing. So Abby and Libby are believed to have been killed in another location before the murderer moved their bodies to where they were found, which is, I think it was a quarter of a mile away from the from the bridge, so not far. And clothes were found that were belonging to them in the creek, in the water. They do think they, they were moved after the after they died. I should imagine something like that, I suppose, would be like the amount of blood. I don't know whether the, they know where the murder scene was as opposed to whether, you know, whether there the were two scenes and they knew where they'd been killed and where they'd been placed. Mm. On 13th of October 2022, um, search of Richard Allen's house found items such as, and they were looking for these items, boots, knives and firearms and I think like clothing as well. So they, they collected all these items and I mean he was, um, he's a married father of an adult daughter, Richard, Richard Allen, he's still, you know, he's still married, he was living with his wife. I think they they actually asked her how long he'd, he'd kept certain things. I know he'd had his gun since 2001 and I think they asked her whether he'd got a certain coat. I think it was, just, it was a certain brand of coat. I think they might have been able to recognise that from the from the video, maybe. Right. So, and she confirmed that he'd had this coat since before 2017. The bullet was found between the two girls. This bullet, and it's unspent, it's, it's, it's an unspent round, but it was found between the girls' bodies. And they could match it, ballistics matched it to his gun. They said it had been cycled through his gun. So, I, I mean, we're not, pe- we're in not England, it's and... it's not, you know, we don't yeah. have a lot to do with guns. Not many, very many people own guns. But if, I, I should imagine, does that, does that mean the bullet casing has been used or the bullet's been reused? I'm not sure, but it was proven that it had been gone through his gun. And this gun he'd had in his possession since 2001. Both him and his wife said he'd never lend his gun out to anybody, that it'd always been in his possession, that it had never been stolen or recovered. So they could rip, they could place this gun with him and the bullet at the crime scene. I think we will hear more about this case as it goes to trial. And I'm really hoping this will give Libby and Abby's family some sort of closure as it must be terrible to have known that the killer might be somebody who they knew or who even served in the pharmacy. They must have spent the last six years wondering who it was. Was it a neighbour? Was it the man down the road? Was it the man in the shop? Was it the man in the pharmacy? So at the time of the killings, a criminal psychologist actually told the media that he would have expected the killer to have done similar similar crimes before. And we know from watching programmes about work, Crime junkies, so we've watched lots of programs and they talk about how murderers can build up to things like this. Yeah, how they develop and yeah. mature. Well, mature the, and yeah. if, if mature is the, right know, is the right word. But they develop, they start off with petty, well, petty crimes, inverted commas, and build up. Um, but as I said, there's nothing known about Richard Allen as far as anyone's concerned. He was a normal guy. His neighbours were shocked. Friends were shocked that this had happened to, you know, that people had he arrested him. He was accused of this. He yeah. was being accused of this. Arrested and charged, obviously. Yeah, arrested and charged. I'll be putting online 
the photos and a clip from the video so you can have a look. I'm going to put those on our Facebook, Instagram page so you can have a look and, and, and maybe the some photos of the bridge it's really spooky i showed you it and didn't you did, yeah it's spooky it is a spooky long lonely bridge it's you can imagine something like that happening there we will be updating this when the trial starts and i think we'll find out more about this case as it goes along okay so we're going to leave you with our social media um, and where you can get us on, find us on social media. So our email address is murdermostgruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram page is murdermostgruesome. And our Facebook page is, again, murdermostgruesome. So feel free to look us up on any of our social media sites um, and leave some comments. Or if you want to write in with one of your stories, we've yes. talked about our Prowler stories on our last podcast. So please keep those coming in. Yep. I've been reading those. Yep, so yeah, so I think we're going to end it there. So thank you very much. It's goodbye from me and... It's goodbye from me. Bye. Bye. Bye.